Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Greetings, everybody. Here we go. Time to record another sweet episode, right, Lauren? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And tonight, just like every time, we are going to feature a brewery. And this week, we're going to talk about St. Errant Brewing, which is in Chicago, Illinois. Gosh, we've never been there before. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> I know, a new, exciting place. <laughs> we're, we're going back. I feel like we've yeah. taken some excursions recently. And yeah, we we're... went to Boston last week. Yeah. That was fun. But I don't want to live there. You know, I want to no, live here. No yeah we're we're back we're back home so yeah yeah it feels good and saint errant's a good place to visit if you're gonna come home yeah. uh, so we're gonna start with a double dry hopped ipa called blush response which i'm gonna tell mm. you i have never had no i haven't either uh it's got a blue owl on the can which is interesting yeah. i'm He's not kind of like a creepy robot eye looking thing going yeah, on yeah i'm i'm on i gotta i gotta figure blush response must mean something i was like, gonna say this has gotta be a reference be a, yeah so something. the the guy who does their um their can art his name is hugo trejo i believe okay. it actually has it on yep artwork by hugo um so he does most i think all i'm I can't, but i'm not 100 so i would say most of their can art he also does some can art for more and eris okay. um and in a, uh, a a band as well um he's called project villain on instagram but um actually in 2021 he was ranked the top the one of their beer cans for Wander On by St. Aaron was ranked. And I didn't even know this was ranking top 10 best beer labels by USA Today for 2021. Wow. And it was a can art by Hugo. Um, so wow. kind of cool. He's definitely got some cool um, designs and stuff. So, yeah. So anyways, that has nothing to do with the brewery, really. But it uh, is an interesting um it's a fun fan art (laughs) it's a fun fact yeah yeah i had no idea there were can art rankings i had no idea that's pretty sweet yeah no 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 clue whatsoever learn something new all the time i know well and considering that we comment on can art pretty often in the podcast i like to think that uh you know Mm -hmm. guess we're not the only ones (laughs) yeah that is totally true the we i do you know especially when i feel like when i first started like into liking beer and figuring out what to pick beer before I really knew a lot of different breweries like definitely can art jumps out at you you know like when you're walking down the aisle at the bottle shop or whatever like it's either like and for me it's either the ones that stand out or the ones that are very minimalistic like one or the other is what catches my attention but definitely can art serves a 
very important purpose in in the beer world to get at whatever your target demographic is so but anyways it's a cool blue owl i have no idea what this means but uh it looks pretty cool (laughs) i do love me some double dry hopped ipa yeah this is this is for the haze boys man i can't see through this at all Mm -mm. Ooh, it's good though yeah they're i mean they're known for their super hazy ipas some interesting flavors and then they've got a handful of uh stouts as well but definitely they started out with some some good hazy so this is good i like nice cool yeah anyways all right let's let's chat a little bit about that's right saint aaron as we drink this ipa here so um they currently are brewing some out of chicago so saint aaron uh does not have their own brewery or tap room they contract okay. brew so um the two owners they started out as home brewers like the vast majority of people in the yep. industry do um so they fell in love with kind of the new england style ipas took a bunch of trips to vermont um out on the east coasts and um one of their first events actually was in 2016 the oak park micro brew review um and they were actually started brewing out of microphone and elk Grove village oh, okay so that's kind of where they first started uh contract brewing in like 2017 ish um they now contract brew out of urban brew labs which is what this one is from in chicago um they do a lot of their stuff out of there but they also i believe are contract brewing out of temperance in evanston as well so they okay. might be a handful um out of out of both but a lot of their stuff currently at least is out of urban brew labs so okay. um saint aaron actually literally just means the wandering saint so oh. <laughs> they literally named it that because they are two brewers that are wandering brewers that go between different locations and and brew so they don't have a tap room they you know, are just kind of contracting here and there and everywhere, and they are the wandering brewers. So Saint Aaron seemed like a, you know, good fit for their uh, their naming convention. Yeah, so. you know, we've talked about this like business model with brewing before, mm-hmm. and I find it very intriguing. The idea mm-hmm. of limiting your overhead, all that mm-hmm. money that you would spend on space and equipment and yeah, yeah all and that buying yeah. all the equipment and not necessarily fully bypassing that step but like allowing yourself to kind of invest more in your in your ingredients and yeah. your project than the space where the beer is brewed seems like a pretty brilliant idea in a lot of ways i mean obviously i think like like hop butcher for example i think has gotten big enough Mm -hmm. that perhaps that had a lot to do with why they are now why they bought looking at Mm -hmm. a space to brew and a tap room and Mm -hmm. and i 100 believe that they'll fill a tap room pretty regularly for sure because they're so popular Mm -hmm. but i think until a brewery reaches that point where they find they have a need for that sort of thing it makes a lot of sense to contract brew yeah no for sure and honestly i think that they can brew they can really get into what their niche kind of um you know types of beers are too if you're if you have your own brewery you know you don't want to start huge 
but you still ha- need the capital to have a decent sized brewing operation. When you're sure. contract brewing, you can do smaller batches of things and still make it worthwhile versus if you have your own brewery, you really want to be maximizing all of that capacity and filling that. And you yeah. can't experiment as well when you want to be at, you know, the brewing as much volume as you can. So at sure. the point where you've really mastered some of the styles and some of the beers that you guys are good at, that's when, like Hot Butcher, like that's when it makes sense to invest in a larger, you know, your own operation. Um, but I think contract brewing is a great idea. I mean, uh, Untitled Arts one is still one of my favorites and they still contract brew out of Occupy, Octopi out yeah. in, uh, you know, Wisconsin and a handful of places will contract brew for a variety of different smaller named breweries and people don't even realize that you know like I actually didn't even realize St. Aaron had brewed out of microphone back in a few years ago until I started looking up um, St. Aaron and their history you know so okay one more well maybe not fun fact but (laughs) interesting thing I thought about St. Aaron so what really started me to first notice them was when they started making the adorable eight ounce stubby cans. Yes, so, the little buddy. Yes. So those, so they made actually one of the, the next beer we're going to drink. Um, they made it in an eight ounce can. They made a handful of some of their higher ABV stouts in eight ounce cans. And that was the first time that I really noticed them because I was like, this is adorable. I and forgot- it's like, about 13 plus percent <laughs> abv so an eight ounce was like perfect that is and perfect so that's what like that was the first time i actually noticed them was i was like this is adorable and it's perfect and it's the perfect amount for me yes. for a high abv beer because i was like it's little and it's great and, and you're drinking by yourself yeah, you're drinking exactly. it by yourself. me because my husband's not going to drink that right. no. so that was literally like my first notice <laughs> of saint aaron was their adorable little eight ounce baby stout can. cans yes so i thought that was like a cool thing i don't know anyway so that was the first time that i actually paid attention to them and i was like oh this is so cool i love these little cans i love that you mentioned that because i completely (laughs) made no connection that that was saint aaron and now that the Mm -hmm. moment you started talking about it where you're like oh they started making these cans and i was like oh right yes the baby can i love them (laughs) so anyway so that was what drew me in to saint aaron and to be like oh this is cool let me let me uh look into these guys a little bit so um yes. anyway so that was that was something and I think uh, there were a handful of breweries that actually did that part of it was the aluminum shortage during the pandemic too uh-huh. and I'm okay. sure that that you know was some of it but I was like this is actually a perfect thing I, I want them to continue doing it because I'm like eight ounces of you know 11 12 13 percent ABV yeah is like just the right of just right so yeah totally i loved that so go to Aaron. fantastic yeah good for (laughs) them yeah what a great what a great little thing that they they did for a time and i I would always appreciate i liked it so anyway so that's a little bit about saint Aaron. so um anyways so let's move on to our topic of the day yeah talking about tiny cans we're gonna go back in time a little bit and talk about tiny children a little (laughs) we're gonna start there and see where this conversation takes us this is a subject that like has probably come up within episodes here and there because Mm -hmm. like it always kind of is in the background of every parenting experience that you have right so we're going to talk about judgmental parents Mm -hmm. and we're going to try to be you know (laughs) 
we're going to try to be as as general as possible to sort of like cover as much ground as possible when it comes to this. I think a lot we're going to talk about is some of the early on mm-hmm. judgmental stuff that you get from parents. I know that like we both have some pretty strong feelings about avoiding judgment when mm-hmm. it comes to seeing how other parents interact with their children. Before we started recording tonight, both you and I had a conversation about times <laughs> where we have like overreacted toward our children yes. <laughs> in, in a, you know, in some sort of situation and had to kind of like walk ourselves back and mm-hmm. be like, dude, <laughs> yep. no, I went too I, far. <laughs> I, I need to calm down. I do. Yeah. Though I will say, as I was thinking about this topic, I wrote down a handful of things I wrote down things like from when they were, were small, but even more current that I'm like, oh, I've totally done this. And I didn't even oh, mean no. to be judgmental. So yeah, uh, well, definitely interesting conversation. But yes, we will see where this takes us um, and we will go from there. Yeah. 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 So so <laughs> this kind of sprouted from an article that I read online at some point uh, about, you know, things parents brag about things that parents judge other parents for and and it's sort of like a like a a poll if you will that was sort of taken on reddit uh of things that that tend to come out the most often and and like i said most of these things kind of deal with younger children sure but uh you know most of them you could argue can go through most of childhood uh Mm -hmm. i would say especially for example probably one of the biggest ones is milestones is reaching milestones. Yeah. And uh when you're a baby, when you're talking about baby, you're talking about things like turning over and holding up their head and sitting and making speaking or just making sounds. Anything, and yeah. All of those milestones. Like yeah. And I know you you have probably have a lot to say about this subject. <laughs> what I will say is that because I've had two children, um it was, it's been very intriguing to me to see two people who grew up in exactly the same environment with the same parents in the same house, mm-hmm. go through milestones at such a different rate, having <laughs> one child speak a lot earlier than the other and having the, you know, and then vice versa, having that same child kind of plow through some physical milestones much earlier than the other sibling did. And it's, funny to me because it, it really in, in my opinion kind of boiled down to it kind of just is what it is those those mile markers whatever you want to call them they just happen when they happen yeah yeah and it, it is interesting you know I say this a lot with the twins like no matter they were raised and even it had were in the same classes together sure. through preschool like so they learned literally the exact same things yet learned them at their own pace and to hit different milestones and learn different things completely different so it's kind of like that age-old like nature versus nurture thing and it's really a combination of both because they had the exact same things their whole lives they spent the first seven years of their life in the same bedroom like so we read the same stories we did the same things like literally everything and yet they were still so different when it hit different milestones and different academic things and whatnot so very interesting but yeah I mean you know there's certain things that parents are very judgmental about that truly don't matter but everyone likes to compare themselves 
to to each other like everyone yeah whether they like it or it's instinctual or what they it comparison people compare themselves to other people we're um, competitive creatures i mean it's in our nature i mean even Mm -hmm. as adults like you know you talk about being a sore loser we've talked about cheering for sports teams and being happy or sad when a team wins or loses Mm -hmm. and that stuff matters to you because you're competitive because you just that's how you feel you know and and it it's easy and difficult at the same time to avoid competing with other parents when it comes yeah. to their uh, their children's development or their children's progress or how your children are doing in certain ways. Yeah, you know that's that's super interesting cuz really what it boils down to when a parent is bragging, it really isn't even bragging about their kids. It's they're trying to say how awesome of a parent they are. Right. Because their it kids is are... their milestone. Exactly. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not even, I, I don't think it's even like, yes, you want your kids to do well. But at that age, it's really more, look what I taught my kid. Look what sure. I'm doing. Look how well I'm parenting. Yeah, and that's right? kind of what a lot of that boils down to. Like some parents are like, oh, my baby slept through the night at a month. Okay, that's not you. That's your baby. Like that yeah. literally has nothing to do with yeah, you. Yeah, you all. didn't have anything like, to do with that. I'm sorry. Either your I baby mean, is a good sleeper or is not. Like it literally is not you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my eight year old still doesn't sleep through the night. Right. And I would, yeah. I would go so far as to shoot him with a tranquilizer dart if yeah. I thought that it would make a difference at yeah, this phase. No. And you can tell me that your baby slept through the night at three weeks. And I will just be like, that's great. Let me just tell you you. a secret. Next baby is going to be (laughs) wide awake like a vampire at all all hours. And uh, be prepared to get broken. (laughs) Yep, for sure. So like, those are the things that like, truly you you didn't do anything (laughs) and it doesn't really matter. Like, that's the other thing. A lot of those milestone milestones when the kids are young one two even three like mm-hmm. none of those matter like your kids always eventually gonna sleep sometime like they're gonna eat because they're hungry like doesn't yeah. matter if your kid eats everything under the sun like as yeah. long as they're eating you know that's the other thing oh my child's two and they'll eat anything good for you like yeah, well and you know six months <laughs> later maybe they don't eat anything yeah. i mean like right and oh, those situations also exist yeah. in both directions i mean yep. i've had my kids shift through those things i've had them well and like you know you brought up like one two three the stuff doesn't matter and you know mm-hmm. and i'd like to say that potty training and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff in my experience is all over the place i mean yeah even the twins were all over the board like they they didn't potty train at the same time at all so yeah i mean we my older son has a summer birthday and had to be potty trained in time for preschool so he was just over three i don't no judgment you guys Mm -hmm. but bring it on if you want to judge me for waiting till three to potty train my son oh god i don't even think our i don't even think the twins were fully potty trained when they went to to preschool oh no they could just hold it that long yeah no we were like literally the car was outside warming up and he was on the toilet so that he could just go again yeah when he he just make it through (laughs) like there was, I was, there was no confidence in yeah, that 
Same. I just, it was Same. every day was just like, well, we're just going to hope for the best. And, yep, that's what and we did someday <laughs> they'll call and they'll be like, oh, we had an accident. And I'll be like, what? No. Oh, no. Yeah. It totally. never happens. Yeah. That's uh, very much <laughs> how it was. In our, it, it really was like when they're ready and they eventually figured it out like they're eight they, they're fine yes. they're pretty independent like same. yes same obviously oh. i mean i have an eight-year-old and yeah. a, almost 11 year old at this point yeah. so you know yeah. using the bathroom has has eventually come along as being yeah. a pretty normal thing i don't <laughs> really get a lot of uh soiled clothing or anything anymore thank god I mean, uh, once in a while, I swear I still do because they don't even pay attention. Like it's I, not even like yeah. I'm not going to say occupied because they want to do something else, and that's been very rare. I haven't really I, had that in a well, long Well, and time, you're right; those but... are the exceptions, not the rule. Yeah. But you're right; nothing is 100, percent which mm-hmm. is exactly another good point mm-hmm. about not being judgmental. Because the moment that you judge a parent for not potty training their kids soon enough yep. is the moment that your kid. Re- goes backward yeah, and starts wetting yep. the bed every night for three months and you're just yep. like how did this happen it's been a year and karma. there it's might not be a reason karma. it just yeah. happened yeah maybe don't judge and maybe yeah. karma doesn't come to get yeah. you who yeah. knows maybe that's true <laughs> yeah who knows but yeah potty training was on my list of things something else that i hear a decent amount about or did when my kids were a little bit younger um was like again things that you can't control oh my kid is the tallest or the strongest or the whatever size height percentile of this blah 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 and like you don't have any control over that like Uh, at all so like (laughs) my kids especially my older son are very thin my older son there was a year where it was like his weight gain between like age eight and nine or something or seven and eight was just like just like a really small amount (laughs) and his doctor was like oh he didn't really gain that much weight and then you look at him and he's taller and he's so skinny and you're just kind of like well (laughs) and he wasn't worried he was just like well you know if it happens two years in a row you should probably have a conversation about nutrition but yeah but or finding out if something's going on sure like sure. Yeah. is there some reason he's not gaining weight or is it just because he's a picky eater and he runs around constantly and he has a high metabolism because yeah. so do me and my husband i was gonna say if you can look at your look at his dad and you'd be like oh yeah i'm not surprised yeah. you know I mean, so like... you know it took my husband almost 40 years to mm-hmm. put on a couple of pounds right look... <laughs> yeah so, so. <laughs> but like those are the things that i just i'm like there's literally no control over that. Like, and I feel like when the kids are really little, more parents, mostly moms, I don't know, maybe dads, maybe because I don't talk to dads, so I don't know. So I shouldn't have had my husband weigh in on this, but like, they definitely are like, oh, my child's the 95th percentile in this. And I think I never paid attention to it until the twins were older because uh-huh. people would say it and I'd be like, oh, that's great. And now I'm like, I did nothing and my kids are huge. Like, so it has like, there's nothing to yeah, brag right? about with this. Yeah. Like, what what was I supposed to do to yeah, help? Nothing. You know, mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I feed them meals and yeah, they I, I keep them alive. Satisfied. Yes. Yeah. I never had somebody be like, I didn't eat breakfast or lunch. I'm so hungry. Cause that's never happened because right. I'm not going to starve my kids. Yes, I feed my children. I didn't starve Ooh. them. That is the milestone. You guys, 
That is the goal. Do not starve. Yes, I fed my children. Don't starve them. (laughs) Also, feed yourself. I mean, you know, just like feed them. We all need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. But one other thing that I feel like parents are judgmental about is. I, and I've heard this from people. Oh, I only cook homemade meals. We don't eat out. Oh. I do. Like my Man. schedule is such that I can't cook dinner every single night. So Man. I I picked up pizza tonight. Me dude. too. I mean, same. Same. I was supposed to get home from work and pick my kids up from school at three o'clock. That didn't happen. Yep. It went out the window. Mm-hmm. I had to have somebody else pick them up from school totally randomly. I got home at like five o'clock i had two soccer practices on two different sides of town Mm -hmm. that were going to be over at seven i was just like well i mean what do you want me to do yeah what am i supposed to give to them at five o'clock when we have to leave the house at 5 15 that's Mm -hmm. the the window am i supposed to just give them like a couple pieces of salami and we head out the door (laughs) is that dinner yeah (laughs) and so instead everybody had like a granola bar Mm-hmm. And we went to soccer practice, and we picked and up a pizza and we ate home, dinner. Yep, and we ate at seven fifteen. Yep, and that was dinner. Oh yeah, we didn't eat till after that because the twins had MMA night. So yeah, me and my husband are currently in a predicament that we have one vehicle because his is in the mm. shop, and we have three kids who often have to be in three or at least two different places. So today, I worked. My husband also worked. We dropped off his truck. Mm-hmm. We, I went to pick him up. We dropped the twins off at our friend's house who took them to MMA with their daughter. We came mm-hmm. back. We got our oldest son from therapy. We went back then with all, all of us to get the twins from MMA. And then we went out to dinner because what is our other option at this point? There is so, one. But anyways, there are a handful of moms that I've run into that are all about the I'm going to cook a homemade meal every night and are judgy if you are like oh well i ate out dinner twice this week or whatever it is which is very common for us based on all our activities and things and i'm like you know what i fed my kids does it really matter like they're not eating they're they're not eating fast food every day but you know what either way i fed my children yeah and you know what no judgment if you cook dinner every night yeah cool good for you i love cooking i would enjoy cooking more than i do that yeah exactly that's the thing it's not my preference to eat out all the time sometimes our schedules just don't allow for that yeah i mean you can't feed your kids dinner at nine o'clock at night it's just no yeah. they will murder you yeah well and <laughs> if you shouldn't... make them wait that long yeah and then when i they have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning yeah. like it's not gonna work so no. that one always bugged me but i've definitely run into i've encountered some moms that are judgy about those kind of things so well and here we go for me just and and i fall on a weird side of this uh perspective but like the most judgmental of topics is something that's actually very relevant today is breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, moms who breastfeed or support the idea of breastfeeding more often than not feel very strongly about everybody breastfeeding their children. Yes. And I know we've talked about breastfeeding before in Mm -hmm. more detail, like not just, Oh, I breastfed and I didn't, and I did it for this long and I did this and, We've talked about that in detail. What I'd like to kind of bring up during this conversation is that the amount 
of opinions on breastfeeding are like so strong like mm-hmm. you're for it you're against it you'll die for this cause and it really is yeah it's this is one of the things that like a lot of people who have a very strong opinion you are just wrong if you don't yeah. agree in their eyes if you yeah. did something different yeah yeah and so so i said that i felt like this was relevant today because there's a formula sort excuse me a formula shortage in Mm -hmm. the u.s and people are scrambling and people are not able to afford formula or they're not able to find it and i'm not gonna say who it was because i don't want to go too i don't want to go too far and i don't want to be judgmental but Mm -hmm. there was a celebrity who posted on twitter a celebrity that is not of uh parenting age somebody older so they they had children but they had children 35 years ago okay okay um there was a celebrity that made a comment on twitter that said see this is why you should breastfeed as an argument for why this formula shortage you know why it shouldn't be a big deal or you know an argument for Mm -hmm. breastfeeding because formula is hard to get right now and i just found that to be such a shocking judgment on people for so many reasons i mean not only are there women who have had children that struggle to breastfeed for a gajillion different reasons Mm -hmm. but there's also foster moms and adoptive parents there's lots of people who can't breastfeed not or there's children who can't take breast milk like my my daughter needed special formula because she had horrible reflux so even breast milk for her just didn't agree with her she needed a medication and special formula yeah and i tried like with the twins i i pumped but i lasted literally like a month there was no 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 having any of that pumping Um, is (laughs) the worst everyone can agree with that even people who oh my god it was horrible i literally hated pumping it was yeah if it had been my only option i would have quit that in two weeks tops (laughs) yeah i did it for over six months with my oldest and then Mm -hmm. when i went back to work i stopped and then with the twins, I literally, I just couldn't. Like, they were up at different times. I oh, was up every God. hour and a half. I would feed one of them. Then I would pump. And then I would fall asleep for half an hour. Then the other one would wake up. Oh, no. It just wasn't happening. And because my daughter needed special formula, I was literally doing it for one kid. And I was like, you guys can just be on formula. Like, you're fine. Yeah, um, and no, they're healthy absolutely. and fine. And they're definitely not malnourished and everything worked out but there's so many reasons that people don't or can't breastfeed and sometimes it's not a choice and sometimes it is a choice and that's okay all of that is okay yes like that that breastfeeding is the best fine like whatever but and I was about to say the same thing I mean Sure, I can follow the logic. I can sure. follow the yeah. ag- argument that is the benefits of breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I, a full disclosure, I breastfed both of my kids till yeah. a year old mm-hmm. successfully with very few problems. I had singletons though, so there's that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but so I, I fall into the category of people who breastfed yeah. exclusively. My, I don't think my younger child ever had formula Mm -hmm. and my older child i think had it like twice during a hospital visit which is a very random long story yeah Um, but 
very like, really I, they barely they didn't really have yeah, it yeah and i so. still while i can obviously agree with arguments that breastfeeding has some great benefits oh for sure I yeah. would never tell someone that it was their only option ever. Yes. Ever. Yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, again, I'm, I'm mostly of the, the formula people. Granted with my oldest, I did pump for a, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did get breast milk for a very long time, but then he eventually moved to formula. I mean, honestly, at, he was probably eight months. Like we started introducing foods with our kids earlier than, they suggest i guess nowadays i don't even know what their suggestions are anymore like so we just did whatever we felt was was right and it worked out like it was it was fine but you as long as they're fed like as long as they're eating as long as they're nourished i i really don't care it doesn't really matter you Mm. know like and that's whether it's breast milk formula whether you're feeding your kids fast food once in a while or making every home quick meal every day like as long as you're taking care of your kids and not neglecting them really doesn't matter and also like what you're feeding your kids is really nothing to brag about like i don't care if your kid eats sushi or if they eat mac and cheese like who cares (laughs) <laughs> they're uh, eating yeah. you know what i mean well so i so this is an underlying theme for me in a lot of our episodes which is that it's really not my job to tell you what to do with your family with your children with your free time with your mm-hmm. anything it's not my job now if i yeah. saw you cause harm that's sure. different different story if that's you're not, neglectful that's a yeah, different story that's yeah. not judging you Mm-hmm. That's looking out for the well-being of another human being. Sure. But that's not what we're talking about. No, not I, at all. In general, almost entirely feel like it is not my job to put my opinion or my thoughts into anything that is going on with you unless you straight up ask me. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I feel like little Johnny isn't getting enough protein. Mm-hmm. You know, did you ever have an experience like this? Then sure, sure, I'll I share. can yeah. tell you about how I introduced whatever, mm-hmm. and my kid really liked that thing, mm-hmm. and you could try that. Yeah, and that's yeah. the end. That's not mm-hmm. me going. Oh, little Johnny doesn't eat protein. Well, he's gonna be so weak all the time, and yeah, he's not gonna no. have any energy. And why? Yeah. What is the benefit of that? What am I doing for you? How does that help you at all? That is kind of interesting. Like, what do you, what do people get out of being judgmental? You know, is it like, like a satisfaction. Is it a personal satisfaction? Some is people, that some people are just mean. So like maybe superiority? That's, thing. that's probably more. I mean, it, is you feel better than somebody else. I mean, you use the word yeah. brag earlier and I think that's yeah. a lot of it. I mean, I think that like, yeah. like to use the breastfeeding example, not to harp on it too much, but yeah. like, you know, if I brag to you that I breastfed my child for the first year of his life, mm-hmm. it makes, maybe it makes me feel good, right? Okay, yeah. so that's why I did it, right? But but you're my friend. So if I care about you, right. why would I say that to somebody who doesn't have literally exactly the same experience as me? Mm-hmm. And who does? Does anybody? Yeah, no, like, nobody has the same experiences. No. Not- I mean, we're very similar upbringings and had completely different situations with our children. Like there's, you know what I mean? So like, there's very little chance of people having the exact same scenarios, but that, that is interesting. I think a lot of people, 
at least in our day and age, are very self-centered. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't really think outwardly. They think about themselves, but they don't always think about how their words affect other people. And I think that's a lot to do with bragging, whether it be a parent, whether it be bragging about, you know, sports, whether it be Mm -hmm. whatever they think, they think inwardly, not outwardly. Um, You know, that's, there's a lot of these things are very kind of universal that a lot of people will run into, you know, my kid is better at this or my kid does this or blah 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 one other thing that i find interesting that i'm running into now as my kids are getting older is parents bragging about how good their children are at activities oh sure so like i've run into a handful of people that my kids don't play baseball but we've been to a couple of family friends baseball games and Mm -hmm. a couple of people are like oh my kid is so good at this and then we go to the game and we're like your kid doesn't even know what they're doing out there oh my goodness well and completely lost yeah well and let's just point out and baseball is the best example here's me being judgmental baseball is impossible to be good at when you're a kid okay i'm sorry yeah also, you're not most, good at it. <laughs> kids baseball is probably the most boring sport I've ever watched in my entire oh, life. Oh my mean, goodness. And Absolutely. This is, this is literally not like I'm not judging this. I'm just saying this is factual. Like it is incredibly boring well, to watch. And, but like, you get to have an opinion about watching kids play baseball. Yeah. Yes. That's an opinion. That's not a judgment. And you could no, that facts, is my opinion. Okay. <laughs> That's true. true. It is my opinion that of all of the children's sporting events that you can attend baseball is my least favorite it's definitely (laughs) low on my list it is like brutal like i've watched soccer obviously i watched way too much lacrosse i've watched volleyball like i've watched football baseball is by far my least favorite sport to watch it's because when you're not good at baseball it's it's hard to watch i mean even when the professionals make mistakes you're like this still like right (laughs) yes yes yeah but it's interesting because like very few kids are very good at sports at this age Mm -hmm. like they can be okay and they're learning and they get it but like they're not great at it at all so like listening to parents brag about how amazing their kid is at some recreational sport to me is like just like over the top like I don't brag that my son is great at lacrosse because he's not like he's learning and I'll brag like I'll say like oh he did really good he got four four goals or something like that sure sure but that's like not saying he's the best on the team I'm not saying he's great at any of it like he he did great you know he did good on this game Mm -hmm. awesome um but it's just it's it's just interesting to me when I hear parents talk about how amazing their kids are at really any of that stuff oh their test scores are great or their reading level is great or any of those things I'm just like that's awesome for your kid. I'd actually rather hear your kid be proud about it than you brag about it. Sure. So maybe that's, that's just a different yeah. perspective. Like if somebody wants to be like, I got a hundred on my math test, I'd be, I would be happy to be like, awesome job, dude. Like, but it's different coming from the person who did it 
than it is being yeah. like my kid is so good at this yeah well and you know that's a really great point what you just said about like your kids being proud of accomplishments and, and what the difference is there between me bragging about my child walking fit earlier than your kid versus mm-hmm. my child like telling you about yeah. some accomplishments for example my son who's about to go to middle school mm-hmm got a letter in the mail from the middle school that he has been invited to take some honors classes. Awesome. This is awesome. Great. I, I knew he could do it. I was hoping it would happen. Yeah. And he has told every adult (laughs) he has seen since we got the letter. And he's proud of it. That I can fully support. Yeah. My friend who had to randomly pick him up today because I was dealing with drama at work. Yes, yes. He told her. He I walked in and he was just like, "Mommy, what honors classes did I get into in middle school?" And I was like, "Oh, you got into the both of them. There's an English mm-hmm. one and there's a mathematics one. You got into both." And he was just like, "I got into both, Linda." Aww. And she was just like, "That is so awesome. You're yes. so smart. Good job. Way yeah. to go, man." See, you know? that I can totally get behind. But like and I get that parents want to brag about their kids. I understand. Like, it's human nature. Sure. I think I'm probably a little bit more sensitive because obviously my oldest never hits any of those milestones. Like, the biggest thing that we get proud of with him is, like, he asked for something with a full sentence and in the correct oh, context. Right. Like, yes. very different than a lot of other kids his age. So when parents do kind of go overboard with the oh, my kid did this, this, and this. Yeah, it me, wears it's on you. kind of sure. like, that's fine. Like, good yeah, for him. Right. But, you know, it, it is a, like, my kid will never meet those milestones yeah. type of thing. So it's a different perspective I have than other kids who, other parents who have average kids, you know? Sure. And um, I try and be more cognizant of that with the twins. I, I definitely, though, have bragged about my kids probably in times that wasn't necessarily appropriate Mm. you know I've you know talked about them doing good in things or you know um, my son you know having you know whatever being able to doing really well in reading but I try and put it in a context of like let him be proud of himself or ask for things like you know, I have mentioned my son's reading level, but it's more of a what who has book suggestions for this or who right. where can sure, I get yeah. information? Like and it might seem like it's bragging sometimes, but I'm really trying not to because you never know what parents will have kids like my oldest who really don't hit those milestones and sure. you know might feel down because their kid won't. Um, I've definitely been in that, in that scenario. So, you know, and it's one thing to be proud about your kids accomplishing things. It's another thing to be proud of things that there's like, like the, my kid grew or my kid eats food or like those things. Yeah. Yeah. No control over. It's not something they worked at. It's one thing if they're like working hard at something and you're like, oh, he did awesome. You know, I'm really proud of him. Like honors. Like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm proud of him. But it's another thing to be like, my kid's in the 95th percentile and I've done nothing or he's done nothing to get to that point. Like, yeah, there's nothing to be proud of. And maybe that's the difference, whether you should be proud of something like you don't need to be proud to breastfeed. Like you don't need to be proud to be a stay at home mom. You don't need to be proud to do things that no one really has any control over when you're hitting certain early milestones. Yeah. Um, 
be proud of the kids working really hard and accomplishing something big. Those things I can definitely get behind. So I guess maybe that's the line where it's judgmental versus just being a proud parent. A parent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on from yeah. judgment and uh and our gripes with judgmental parents uh <laughs> which hopefully we can grow and learn from this experience yes. and not be judgmental on our own and Agreed. let's try gorilla cookies which gorilla is cookies. an imperial stout with hazelnut which i poured mine by the way okay um and yikes and <laughs> cinnamon coffee and cocoa nibs so let's give this a go um and Boy, uh, see cinnamon. where we land on it yeah Woo, this hazelnut. one they made in a little can before too mm. <laughs> oh wow i smell hazelnut cinnamon yes holy cow and that's the taste i get i get a little cocoa nibs as well in the taste so i get that as well so what I'm, do you I'm, think i'm getting all the flavors i definitely man that hazelnuts me is strong aroma, i know though. like that's jumping out at my nose um but I get I get all the flavors in here. Oh. I get a little coffee. I think the cocoa cuts the coffee a little bit. Um, and I'm definitely getting the hazelnut and the cinnamon. And it's quite tasty. Yeah, I <laughs> like it. This is a solid stout. I like the adjuncts. I get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. It's yeah. doing it for me. Eleven percent ABV, so yeah. you know. Yeah, so I do get a little bit of the alcohol, but it's pretty mild. It's a very it's not a heavy stout. burn. Like no. yeah, no, this is this is really tasty. I definitely enjoy this quite a bit. So yeah, yeah gorilla cookies. All right, it's got a cookie with a gorilla face on it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Well, let's uh, you know, let's call it there, you guys. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll catch you on the next one. And you know, yeah, check out St. Aaron. Sec, check out St. Aaron if you get a chance. So, thanks everybody. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week and cheers to you all.